Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsored Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. It's Carl and Crew Mornings. We're off and running here, guys. Good morning to you. Welcome to the 6 o'clock hour on this very chilly Monday morning. This is, this is cold. Is this yeah. cold enough for you, Alaska? Yeah, I like it. It's good. I like seasons, so I don't mind this. I feel like it was like two days of fall, and here we are, winter, possible snow tomorrow. All right, coming up here, guys, we'll put a little pep in our step around here. It's a morning show, and we are ready to rumble. Where are we going here today, Allie? Well, we are talking about critical dilemmas all week. What are those big dilemmas that we face corporately, and what do we do about them? A big one is fatherlessness, manhood issues. How are we going to tackle this thing? We got some facts, data, and a Question for the ladies today as well. Hang on, that's coming up. Need a wake-up call? We can help with that. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. Okay, this can be tough to hear, but let me give you some facts and figures here because there's we're tackling dilemmas all week long, and here's a reality. We got some real dilemmas out there. Now, I was thinking about this early this morning. I don't want this to turn into man, we got dilemmas. I want this to turn into the tomb is empty. Yeah. Seriously. There's two different ways to look at this thing. One is, oh, no. And the other one is, but God. I was talking with Omar Eschel this morning. It's very interesting. Omar Eschel's a friend of mine who's in Israel, and we've had him on air here a couple of times. Quick little update, side note here. There are hundreds of thousands of displaced Israelis that are out of their homes because rockets are pouring in. Now, Omar's, for some reason, immune to that. He's right on the north uh, easterly shore of the Sea of Galilee, where the pigs jumped into the sea when they were wow. demons were cast into them. He's right there. Wow. He's right there. So here's the deal. You know, it doesn't take many people to drag a whole populace a certain direction. And so what you have with the Hamas is a horrible, horrible thing. But we as Christians need to know sometimes the only way that evil is going to survive, kind of G.K. Chesterton, is for good people to do nothing. That's how it survives. Because I was talking with Omer this morning, you think about Manasseh and Ammon and these awful guys, and then Josiah comes along. Josiah didn't have a big, he didn't have a big cadre of guys that were kind of running with him who were all in with Jesus Christ. He was kind of a lone voice. Mm-hmm. Probably had a few, probably... I don't know if Shaphan, the secretary, and Hilkiah, the high priest, I don't know if they were all in with God. But it didn't take much to turn that country toward righteousness. That's my point. One courageous king. Yeah. And if you think about the Great Awakening here, I was letting Omer know this, and he didn't know this. But if you think about the Great Awakening that happened here in America, up in the New England states mainly, but it spread throughout the whole United States, that was 15% of the nation. That was it. But 15% of the nation catching fire for Jesus and becoming authentic disciples of Christ was like a massive cultural, social, relational, spiritual plate shift. Mm -hmm. It's changed everything. So my only perspective on these dilemmas is I don't want to get into the dilemma funk. Let's highlight the dilemma long enough to know what in the cat hair are we going to do about this. That's, That's fair, isn't it, guys? Fair. Yeah. So we do have some dilemmas, though. This this is an article that I pulled down that actually has stats from all over the place, but they're well-researched, and it's dealing with the issue of fatherlessness, and fatherlessness, which is, by the way, you know what that is? That's a downstream uh, impact, negative impact of manhood run amok. That's all that is. It's not like people get up that are great men and go, I want to be father, you know, I want to leave fatherless kids behind. No, that's that's a manhood issue. But boy, we've got a problem. Percentage children without a father in the United States of America, 43%, U.S. Census Bureau. 90% of runaway and homeless children are from fatherless homes. Did you hear that? 90% of runaway and homeless children are from fatherless homes. The percentage of a mm, little ear warning here, I'll give you two seconds. 
The percentage of a rapist with rage that comes from a fatherless home, National Institute of Justice, 70% of minors housed in state facilities are from fatherless homes. 39% of inmates housed in jail are from homes with an absent father. 2002 stat, Department of Justice. I can go on and on. You know how I know that? Got scores of these stats. Some of them are really sad. So if we're talking about manhood, manhood, what do we need to do? Got to go to the word and go, what's it say to be a man? Because we know here's, so it's fatherlessness, lack of biblical manhood. It's a problem. Absolutely. We don't need to go much further than that. Then you quickly pivot to what are we going to do about this? So Allie, if you would do anything about it, what would it be? If I would do anything about. Um, Let's go after the manhood thing. Hold out in front of young men what it looks like to be a man. Okay, that's huge. That's not a that's not an also ran. That falls into a super high category. When I was prepping for we used to do before COVID, a middle school mentoring ministry on the south side. I have dreams to resurrect that thing, by the way. Sometimes it's my greatest spiritual challenge in my soul. But uh, in prepping for it ran into some stats that were staggering. This police department in Oklahoma determined with empirical data that in a half an hour investment of a mature man into the life of an impressionable young man radically altered some of these trajectories of numbers that we just read. Half an hour, a week, a week. And I saw that to be true, guys. This is crazy. But some of these young men are looking for just someone to look in their eyes and hear their story mm-hmm. that doesn't freak them out. That I would, I was down there for a couple, three years. and But I'd get down there and get out of the van. I'd maybe know a young man for 10 weeks, for an hour a week. After 10 weeks, they would sprint up to you and hug you. That's a pretty big deal. Yeah. You know what that is, investment-wise? 10 Hours. Over 10 weeks. Over 10 weeks. So change can happen. I think that's right on, Allie. If you're going to change it, do that. Coming up here in a moment, though, we got a, script, a central passage of Scripture that we're going to be looking at today. Actually, it's a letter written to the Corinthian church. But then all of a sudden, the Apostle Paul changes the tone, and he just talks to men. What does he say? We'll give it to you. Get more from your morning show. Check us out on social media. Just search Carl and Crew Mornings on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, we live in an interesting time, but we can turn this ship around. Let me tell you, this is how. We don't need a lot of people. We just need an awakening, spiritual awakening in our nation. If we saw anything close to the Great Awakening, where 15% of the nation was radically saved by Jesus and gave their lives to him and then became disciples of Christ, look out. I think about that. We had a tremendous, we had our... uh, we had our service that it's called Global Sunday, and so we had all these languages spoken and sung in praise and worship. It was epic, man. And then we had this huge food feast afterward from every land you could imagine across the globe. Super encouraging. But if we could get, and we're a small church downtown South Loop, and if but we had we were loaded Sunday, let me tell you, people brought it in. But if we could get that little church aflame. I mean, we worship our socks off. But when I'm talking about a flame for Christ, I'm talking about every person leaning in to intentionally align their life with Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Good, bad, and indifferent, but we're all going that way. You get 10, 20 of those churches downtown Chicago, I'm telling you, your impact will be felt. There's no question in my mind about it. Your impact will be felt because you'll start changing cultural fabric around you. There's no question about it. But we find in Scripture, in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 13 and 14, a call to men. Do you have that thing handy? Yeah. Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men. Be strong, let all that you do be done in love. And verse 14 isn't an add-on. As I was doing some study in this, it's like Paul's reminder that probably even then they were struggling with a different kind of masculinity that wasn't necessarily biblical. Because it's hard to sometimes look at the life of Jesus Christ for a lot of men's men and see a man there until you dig a little bit deeper. What do you mean by that? 
Well, I think uh, what is co- often called toxic masculinity now is the, uh, if you're familiar with the blogger kind of crazy dude, Tate, it's that macho, we're men, you're going to be subject to us, mm-hmm. and we're going to take back our rightful place in society. And that kind of toxic locker room-esque, kind of, it's really insecurity wrapped, wrapped in bluster, if you want to know the truth. Yeah. Most of these guys haven't been a pastor long enough to know it. They're usually just insecure dudes. Mm-hmm. I mean, oftentimes the guys that need to go get bowed up are doing that out of insecurity. I'm just being really honest with you. Um, sometimes it's for health, but sometimes it's for other reasons. And so I think even Jesus, I mean, you got to remember, Peter was quick to pull out a sword and lop off an ear. So he right. understood guys that had knee-jerk reactions, right? Sure. yeah. So it says, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. Let all you do be done in love. So I was going to wait till later, but I'm going to do it now. And I'm going to let Allie kind of lead the charge here. We got a ladies half hour coming up here. Yay. We got a Yay. full ladies half hour. I'm pumped about this. Total ladies half hour coming up here. <laughs> Young Dundra's looking mean? at me like, what in the cat are you talking about? I'm he, you both out. Did you see that look? <laughs> He's looking at me like, what in the cat are you talking about? I'm so confused. I was like, do you guys know something I don't know? <laughs> he was looking at me like, like what in the world are you happening? talking about? No, we got a specific question, but oh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let Allie do the talking oh, to the ladies. Okay. Great. Because I want the ladies to talk behind the men's back. I'm down with Only that. we get to listen in. Okay. Okay. So that's all coming up straight ahead. I'm going to tell you what the question's going to be in about a minute and a half. Get your morning crew at all times of the day. Follow Carl and Crew Mornings on Facebook and Instagram. By the way, crazy quick observation. Is anyone else like this at all? You might think I'm nuts. I told my wife this and she goes, Bub, I think you're right, at least for our area of town. Halloween decorations that are a all-time low in my neighborhood. Oh, really? Definitely not my neighborhood. All-time low. I've never seen it so parched for Halloween decorations. Really? We I was are, wondering if that was related to international news. I don't know. I mean, we're we're kind of new to our neighborhood, so we've only been there for a year now. Well, so. you got those Christmas goblins out where you're at. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I love my wife so much. And She's she awesome. A, she had a pregnancy moment where, you know, the your brain kind of fogs up. And she called them, I, I called it wrong. She called them Christmas trolls. She goes, you know those Christmas troll things? I said, what? And she said, you know, Christmas trolls. I said, what is a Christmas troll? And she says, well, you know, those things that people put in their gardens with the big pointy hats and the beards. And I said, do you mean garden gnomes? And she goes, no, I mean Christmas trolls. I said, I can see that. I said, honey, look up Christmas troll. And she did. And there was like nothing for it. And she goes, okay, I think I mean garden gnomes. <laughs> I said, okay. I like Christmas troll. I like Christmas, I like Christmas troll, troll too. I'm going to find one for her. <laughs> But I'm I, on your wife's side. I'm seeing it. a ton of Halloween decorations. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and well, I was hopeful. really, really graphic. Oh no! Yeah, ones. they do get they they have gotten very scary. Like lately. it's very very well, could bizarre. You let to me, me have my moment of reprieve. I thought maybe people oh, around the hey. world were backing off on Halloween because of what's going on around the world with all the bloodshed. I honestly thought really? that, Allie. Yeah, really? I did. No, I I wish that that were the case because it is. Yeah, it's it's disturbing. It's honestly. sickening. Some of the things that people have hanging from all kind ki- like just. Dark. It's bad. Yeah. What it's happened really to the days? By the way, the blow up things in the spider webs just look like you trashed your joint. That's all it looks like. <laughs> That's all a, it looks like. I have a 15 to 20 foot skeleton. No, maybe even oh, taller no, than that. You got one, one of those, those giant doobers. skeletons. There's a house up the street that has a whole scene that they put out every year. It's a whole, it's a stagecoach, a stagecoach that they bring out every year. And it's got a skeleton driver. Yeah. And lo- uh, it's just, oh, it's really, really dark. There's yeah. some compensation factors going on here somewhere. I don't know what's going on, but mm-hmm. that's not normal. No, it's hard. It's sad. It's so weird. All right. So here we go. Um, I've made a lot of promises here already, and I want to keep them. Okay. Here's what we're going to do, guys. Coming up here in this next half hour, I know what we're going to do. We're going to make this we're going to make this ladies half hour and this is going to be fun. This is going to be a lot of fun. 
I was thinking about this last night, and I thought, we've got to hear from women. And men, sometimes it's good for us to sit back and just listen to them. Have you ever been, men, in one of those things where you, your wife had or you knew some girls that were kind of rallied around a dorm or something, and it wasn't the dudes weren't allowed, but you had to sneak in to get some keys or something. You overheard a few things, and you're like, whoop, man, they said that? I sure have. But sometimes it's good to just kind of listen in and go, oh, that's kind of good. So coming up in this next half hour, as a matter of fact, let's just start loading up the calls right now. Allie is going to talk to a bunch of ladies on air. Just Allie. I'm going to sit back. Yes. I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to go around the corner, kind of hang out. But don't you think for a second I ain't listening, Allie? Okay. <laughs> Because I want to learn. Actually, these it. can be really beneficial things. They can be. They're really good. So this is straightforward. If we got a dilemma of manhood, and we know we do, and fatherlessness, and we know we do, Allie's got a question for you. Okay, this is just for the ladies. What are the attributes of a good man? Ladies only, call in and talk with me about this. What are the attributes of a good man? 312-274-9624. Let's load it up. Ten lines Let's open. Let's go. Just for the ladies. Just but for the ladies. Fellas, you can listen in as well. 312-274-9624. I love this. What are the attributes of a good man? Come on. Tell the story. New to the show? Stick around for a while. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. Okay, I'm about to sign out of here. But, oh, See, no, girl. no, no. We got to get some more callers oh, in here. Yeah. We're going to, for for the next 20 minutes, 25, Allie's going to hold court here. We're talking about dilemmas this whole week. And one of the big dilemmas that we have, and by the way, I'm kind of being fun with this, but I don't want to be frivolous. We've got a problem with manhood. We've got a problem with fatherlessness. And by the way, fatherlessness is the, is the fruit of a twisted manhood which is a conquering manhood, mm -hmm. which is like, I'm going to go get my woman and do my thing, and then I'm going to go do my thing. No, get some responsibility in your life, young man. But the question is, what does that look like? What's it look like to be a good man? And so we got a question for you ladies. we got one, Alicia is hanging on hold. First time calling from Aurora. You hang right there, young lady. Allie's going to get to you. But I'm going to bow out of here, and so we need you ladies to call. I don't want you to leave Allie alone on this one, and really we do want your feedback. And this is going to be a lot of fun because I'm telling you this, men love to hear women speak. They don't admit it, but they do. So ladies, let's go. What do you say? What are the attributes of a good man? 312-274-9624. I want to tell you a quick story while we get your calls loaded up, ladies. 312-274-9624. I saw the same scene play out as while I was driving two different times in two totally different parts of the city that made me say, boy, you know what? Sometimes it's hard to be a woman. So I was in an Uber the other day and I happened to look over. I was stopped at a stop sign and I see a woman who her body language was so very obvious. And I looked at her and then I looked and I saw this man. Clearly they didn't know each other. She was doing her very best to avoid eye, eye contact and to keep moving and he is on the street kind of doggedly pursuing her. He's, I could, couldn't hear what he was saying, but I could see that he kept trying to get her attention, a little bit more aggressive each yeah. time. She's looking at her phone. She's walking away. She's trying to ignore him. I thought, man, I, I, every woman has experienced that. Yeah. I saw it again yesterday on my way to church. I saw a woman. She's walking briskly, looking over shoulder to shoulder. Everything in her body language said, leave me alone. And this man is just following her, trying to get her attention. And I He didn't get it. Didn't get it. But I thought, sometimes it's hard to be a woman. woman. Why? Well, a big part is because you have to sometimes deal with men like that. Yeah, there are some tough dudes out there. I mean, I, 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 I've... Look, I'm a dad to my daughter, Meryl, even though she's married. Yeah. I can get really ticked still as a dad to a daughter, Meryl. I'm not, this is not male bashing half hour. That's oh, not no, what this no, is no. about. But it it made this question very, very relevant because there are good men. Lots of them. Lots of them. 
But ladies, what do you say? We want to hold up a standard. Maybe there's some guys listening right now who've been that guy on the street trying to get the girl's attention. And they're going, well, I just wanted her to talk to me. I thought she was pretty or whatever. What are the attributes of a good man? Let's go to Alicia, first-time caller from Aurora. What do you say? What is an attribute or a couple of attributes of a good man? Hi, thank you. I honestly think that, first of all, I'd have to love God. Mm-hmm. Um, respect is huge for me. Maturity. Patience, for sure. Okay. Have you seen this in a, in a man of God, Alicia? Have you seen this? Yeah, I've witnessed it. I've been married to a good man. Okay, awesome. Alicia from Aurora, thank you so much for your feedback. Uh, let's go to Karina calling in from Chicago. Karina, what do you say? What would you add to that list? What are the attributes of a good man? An encourager. Someone oh. that will lift you up and not be putting you down all the time. Why is that such an important co- a quality in a man, Karina? Well, because how else are you going to be able to serve one another if you're not lifting each other up? Awesome. Good feedback, Karina from Chicago. Thank you. All right. What about you? What do, what would you add to this list? What are the attributes of a good man? 312-274-9624. Your spiritual pit stop to keep you going in the race. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. A good man gives a woman freedom for growth to develop the God-given talents and attributes, aside from being a mom and a wife. This came in by text message from 3914. I'm Allie. This is Carlin Crew Mornings. And for just the next 15 minutes or so, we're doing ladies only, calling in to answer this question. What are the attributes of a good man? 4034 says he's honest, accountable, generous, a protector, and a provider. 7540. Oh, I'm going to skip that one. 8360, just because that one's for our eyes only. But this one says integrity, 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 three times over. I would agree. 8539, humble and a good listener. What do you say? What are we missing? What are some attributes of a really good man? Let's go to Peggy from Chicago. Peggy, what do you say? I say he's got to be madly in love with the Lord Jesus Christ. He's number one, and the rest he takes care of, the Absolutely. Lord. Good word. Peggy from Chicago. Carl's having a hard time being silenced. <laughs> he's trying to boom. He's trying to give a triple boom. 6561 says that godliness with humility and strength is the most attractive traits. Uh, full of grace and mercy, says 5579. Loves and fears the Lord, number one. Two, who are his parents? That will de- determine the character traits if they were parents who love and fear the Lord. I got a thought on that one. What do you say, though? 312-274-9624. Most important attributes of a good man. Ladies only. 312-274-9624. says, I'll just describe my hubby. <laughs> this is awesome. He's God-fearing. He's not afraid to lead. Supportive, caring, loving, and a present father to our babies. I love that. 6983. Humble, kind, patient, present, Loyal, faithful. Nicole, calling in this morning from Wheeling, what would you add to that list or reiterate? What are the most important attributes of a good man? Hi there. Good morning. I think that the greatest attribute for a man would be humility for sure. Scripture tells us that God opposes the proud. And if we're honest, every woman, even a woman that may not actually know God just yet, is seeking a man who is postured in humility. Um, so I think with that, you know, if you, if you have a man who's postured in humility and a woman who's also postured in humility, because that call is not just from men and gender, yes. it's for mankind overall. Mm-hmm. I think those two would be a force to be reckoned with. So um, I, I truly just have to say humility after that you know, everything else falls underneath. So Nicole from Aurora, you're right. In fact, we quote uh, an Andrew Murray book. He's written a fantastic work on humility, but humility is the birthplace for all of the other virtues. Not sure if you've heard that, Nicole, but I think that's a great sum up of what you're saying as well. What do you say, ladies? What are the most important attributes of a good man? 312-274-9624. Helping you take the next step in your walk with Jesus. This is Carl and Crew Mornings. So, does-
Does a good man have to come from a good family? Got a text message uh, to that effect. What are the attributes of a good man? That's what we're talking about right now. I would say this. A good man is a godly man, sometimes from a quote-unquote good family. But, Carl, I'm going to bring you in just for a second on this one because I do want you to speak into this. A good man can absolutely come from a family that was not great, right? Absolutely. I mean, family of origin can is not a require. Having a awesome family of origin is not a requirement. The boom crew. We went on a boom cruise. The boom crew is littered with men who came from less than great environments. Some from awful family upbringings. And by the way, just for the record, I came from a good home. We had lots of broken stuff in our home, guys. Sure, as every home does. Come on, let's get real here. So I think if that's your if that's what you're looking for for the predeterminer of you're going to limit your pool. And by the way, those who are forgiven much, love much. I'd say some of the greatest lovers of God are those who actually came out of horrific situations, have humbled themselves before God, and they're starting a new legacy. Okay, let me give you a proof positive on this one. Okay, biblical and then I'm evidence. kicking you out again. All right, so biblical <laughs> proof on this one, King Josiah. I was thinking oh, yeah. the same thing. His dad and granddad, Manasseh and Ammon, they sucked as father figures. Mm-hmm. Utterly sucked as yeah. father figures. Yeah. And I'm using that word, yes, I am. They stunk as father figures. They were the worst. They were the worst. Josiah, the worst. unbelievable mm-hmm. man of God. And then his kids stunk again, and he was a great guy. Yeah, they had a... <laughs> And so it can happen. Yeah, you can have stinko kids and be a great guy, too. You're right about that. Yep. Boy, Josiah is this beautiful diamond that cropped up in the middle of a turd field. <laughs> wow. All right. Both of you, out. Okay. All right, I'm out. Out, out, out. I'm out. Got more ladies to talk to. Nikki, come on in and join me. Nikki from Chicago. What would you say are the most important right. attributes of a good man? Um, I would say ownership and willing to talk about hard things mm. and not shy away from from those hard conversations. Yeah, that's really important. Nikki, thank you so much for your feedback. Uh, let's squeeze one more in here. Pepsi calling in from Colorado. Pepsi, what do you say? Most important attributes of a good man? Patience. I believe patience is, is, is most important. It's numero uno. Okay. Why do you uh, settle on that one as the most important, Pepsi? Just curious. If you don't have patience, you don't have time to get your opinion over. You don't have time to listen. If you can listen, if you can understand what the young person is trying to get across to you, you have succeeded. Okay, Pepsi, thank you so much from Colorado. Esther from Chicago, weigh in on this. What are the most important attributes of a good man? I think the person needs to be a believer, uh, a Christian, and has like a... have a fear of God, and also have a, a character like a Christ, Christ-like character. That's very important. Very important. Esther from Chicago, thank you so much for your call this morning. Let's bring back in Carl and Jonathan. What do they think of these attributes? Anything that we've missed? Coming up. Discipleship to start your day. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. Well... We've got Carl back. We're going to bring yeah. Young Thunder back in hey. to the conversation. What did you hear that perked your ears? Well, I mean, I think it's quite obvious, but I will tell you this. Out of the list of things that you mentioned and the callers that you had call in, I noticed that large pectoral muscles were not on the list. <laughs> For the attributes this of a good true. man? No, no. It's, it's, it, it's really funny. Now, I think... There's a lot of ladies that probably have an opinion that they want a man that takes good care of the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is his body, and mm-hmm. that's great. But I notice that there are things that don't rise to the level of need like a lot of men might imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, men, if you're listening to what Allie's been doing here, receiving a lot of texts, and we can go through some more of these here. Allie, why don't you list them off? Yeah, a man who uh, puts his wife and children uh, first and loves the Lord. 3374 says a man who has a healthy respect for his mom. I love that. 2996, Mm -hmm. humble, dependable, honest, and is growing in his relationship with the Lord. Hmm. 
1364 says a good man is honorable, God-fearing, a provider, respectful, responsible. 0707 adds, praise the Lord, I'm married to a good man, loves God, cherishes, listens, and encourages me, plays with our daughter, and is breaking generational cycles of fatherlessness. It's a big deal, man. Amen. That is a big deal. Yeah. Let me give you a passage here, man, because there's a lot of you guys listening right now. And I want to encourage you for two reasons. One is there's a biblical call to manhood that is noble, and it's an awesome thing. And I've often said this on this show, and it's been a while, so I'm going to say it. I believe men are called to be initiators and women are responders. Absolutely, 100% believe that is the biblical mandate. Why? Where do you get that from? You go to Ephesians 5, and you look at the call of the Apostle Paul on the life of a man, and we are called to love our wives as Christ loved the church. Let me tell you, any man that's willing to lay down his life for his wife and be a leading, loving servant in that way, I am I'm want to say women find that man much more easily to honor and respect than a man who is full of bluster and demands, but very low on love, just straight up. Just mean no fanfare, mm-hmm. no pithy grabbers here. Wouldn't you say that's true, Allie? Yeah, and the, the initiator-responder thing, it's interesting, is that it, I believe that that's true. I believe that that's biblical. And when you see that distorted, when you see that unredeemed, is when you see like that scene that I saw play yeah. out on the street. It's, it's been a man, 20 minutes ago, but give that again. Yeah, I, I saw this a couple times in a row where I, I happen to look out a car window and I see the body language of a woman that is screaming. Her body language is saying, leave me alone. And I see a man who's aggressively trying to continue to get her attention and talk to her. And she's trying to turn away from him and he won't stop. And I want to scream out my window, she's not interested. Leave her alone. But he wasn't getting it. Yeah, he wasn't getting it. So let me ask you a quick question. We're going to do this even before we go to a song. If a man has a hankering for a woman in a healthy way, is it better to go direct line of communication rather than almost? I've I've seen this over and over again. I saw it with my daughter, where you get guys that just kind of hound as opposed to just put it out there. Mm-hmm. Hey. I'm interested. And then if you're shut down or there is an interest there, then back away. Absolutely. So straightforward is straight, a better way to go. Straightforward with your intentions. I'm I'm interested in you. I would like to get to know you a little bit better. Would you consider going X. X, going out for coffee, meeting me for lunch, whatever the ask is, then leaving the ball in her court. If she's receptive to it and agrees, go forward. If she is not interested, Walk away. Walk away. Yeah, and it's okay. It, it is okay. There are other fish in the sea. Yeah, there's other fish in the sea. But the reality is, guys, your your validity as a man does not rise and fall on exception or rejection. Yeah. And when you realize that in Christ you're okay, yes. you're going to be a lot better off. And I think I'm glad you said that because I think what we what we see in the church a lot of times is that many men have— that fear, young single men I see have that fear of the rejection. So there are many women who are waiting in the church for the young man to just come to them. Please, Allie, don't get me going. Take here. the take the risk of 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 her not being interested. Show some initiative, but show some initiative. And so I, that's what I see playing out. And I I go to a church with a lot of young people, and I see young men who are timid and who are maybe not timid. That's not the whole of their personality, but are too afraid of being rejected to even take that step toward a woman. Well, I think timidity is a, is a byproduct of what's been this pendulum swing from toxic masculinity. Okay. As a lot of men feel, because I do know men, they feel beaten down. And But passivity, passivity is, the, is the Christian man's attack zone from Satan. Hmm. He wants to nail you there, men. And what Ali's saying is right on. If we could get men who are so strong in the Lord, they go and approach a woman and they say, hello, my name's Gern. (laughs) And, you know, I've been candidly, I've seen you here at church or in a small group. And I'm just wondering, would you be interested in a cup of coffee? If the answer is yes, show restraint, men. Be giddy inside, but not too (laughs) giddy on the outside. Set a date. But if she says no, guess what? 
The tomb is still empty. Everything's okay. It's okay. It's okay. And we just need men to step up. We really do. And by the way, the blessing's going to be all yours. Pretty cool discussion here. Speaking of manhood, there's a young man that wrote something called The Man UL. The Man UL. It's a good play on words, actually. Nice play on words. Taking next steps with Jesus each and every day. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. We need an awakening in our city. Anyone agree with me here? A spiritual awakening. Very much. And by the way, this topic that we're on right now is a huge one. This is big. And somebody said they appreciated it, and I'm not sure they've heard this much before, but I am an absolute believer. I know everything in this world is running against manhood because I think there's a reaction to toxic masculinity, and there is a result of the fall, which is the promise out of Genesis is the woman will desire for you. By the way, it would be great if what was being spoken of there was a sexual desire for the men. But that is not what's being spoken of there. Because if that was it, oh, it'd be great. Yeah, that's great. No, it's a desire for control. And here's the problem that we have today. For a lot of different reasons. In fact, let's list the reasons. What are the reasons men become passive? Come on, let's go. There's there's multiple. Hmm. I, I would say, let me prime the pump here. There's a couple of big ones. Sure. No modeling for what authentic manhood looks like. Big problem right yeah. out of the gate. Yeah. What else? Uh, fear of rejection. Fear of rejection. Huge. What else? Yeah. I mean, I think that magnifying the fear of rejection, I think the social media age where, you know, everybody has to have a, a picture perfect life and, you know, it, it affects everybody in a different way. I do think that social media has added to the fear of rejection, making it, hey, playing safe is better than playing dangerous and getting hurt. Right. You know, and so just not trying in the first place seems safer and better. Yeah, I think that's true. Anything else? Um, I mean, I I think there's the impact of trauma and abuse that yep. comes into play. This is not everybody's story, but certainly a fair number of men yeah. have yeah, that in their no background. Doubt about it. Absolutely. And the statistics say that this fatherlessness is a huge contributor to a lack of any kind of semblance of real healthy manhood, let alone yeah, biblical manhood. Absolutely. And so, I mean, guys, the statistics don't lie. Recidivism rate, uh, the amount of runaways from homes, the numbers are straight up staggering. Yeah. We've got tons of numbers here. I don't even know where to jump in, but we've got a lot of numbers. Percentage of minors who grow up without a father is 85%. Uh, according to Texas Department of Corrections, uh, excuse me, the percentage of minors, get, the, get this stat. Okay, this okay. is shocking, but it shouldn't be. The percentage of minors in prison who grew up without a father, 85%. Wow. Yeah. That'll stop you in your tracks, won't it? Yeah. By the way, that's a stat from Texas Department of Corrections, 1992. I think it's probably not gotten much better. If anything, it's gotten worse. Certainly not. And the hard thing is, is many of these, many of these boys who grow up without a father then don't have another man in their life that can teach them how to be a man. You know, so yeah, like it, it's a deficit, things. man. I can't imagine. I can't imagine me growing up without my dad. You guys sure. know how great a dad I had. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I can't imagine it. He taught me everything. He taught me how to work. He taught me how to, if, if I opened my trap against my mom, oh, I didn't have hell to pay, but it was close to it. Mm -hmm. It was bad. Things did not go well. You know, I'm working on a snapshot testimony. This one's not yet been released, but it's a, a, a gentleman who's in the boom crew. And part of his story is that he didn't have a father in the home and he grew up in a rougher neighborhood. And, and like often happens, the, the, the men who were an influence in his life were the men who got money in illegal ways, who did all kind of things, but offered a sense of protection. Yeah. And he's, you know, I won't give away too much of the story, but he, by God's grace, he was spared 
going down that same road in some pretty cool ways. But for when many, is that one going to play? This this one is going to be the next episode release. So this one's coming out here in about a week. Okay. So if you want to hear this one that's coming out in a week, get it right now. Get Allie's podcast by texting the word SNAP to 312-274-9624. Text word SNAP to 312-274-9624. Yeah, that's the issue. And by the way, I'm going to be this candid, man. Having worked down there with Corey Brooks for a few years and going and mapping out of, I don't know, probably 200 square blocks in a radius. Do you know that every block, with the exception of one block that had a, a retirement home on it, was declared under ownership by the GDs, Gangster Disciples, or the BDs, the Black Disciples? And maybe one other group, I think. Now, you might look at that and go, well, there's a problem. You got, you got gangs. I'll tell you why gangs are formed. Because they don't have dads. Mm-hmm. They got a, that's a fact. You don't have dads. Listen, yeah. I ran with a rap pack on Totem Road and R Road. The name of the road is R Road. O-U-R. How weird. <laughs> How weird. In retrospect, you know, you grow up with certain things. You're going, oh, yeah, it's R Road. Not weird. And then yeah. you look back and go, R Road. Couldn't you guys do better than that? <laughs> so it was R Road and Totem Road, and I ran with a group of guys. And you know what? The guys that got in long-term trouble out of that group, you know what they had in common? All white boys. All white. Didn't have dads present and active at home. Yep. The ones that had dads there, they didn't live a perfect life. I sure didn't. But we had a basis upon which we could build and structure our life. Yeah. So we're not here. We're looking at dilemmas all week long. It's going to be tough, but it's going to be beautiful because we've, we've in Christ, we've got solutions, man. That's the cool thing. Yeah. Coming up here, we got a special guest that's going to be with us, Junior Ziegler. He's written a book called The Manual. <laughs> he tackles this thing, and I think you're going to get a taste of what he's trying to do with this book. And we've got a link coming up and everything. Hang on, that's going to be straight ahead. And as a matter of fact, if you've got a young man, Junior's a young man. And he is a, I, I called my son after I entered, uh, after I talked with him here recently, and I called my son. I said, you know what, Junior Ziegler's a good dude, Gabe. And he goes, I love Junior. That guy's a real man. He's a real man. And he's loving his wife and three daughters really well. That's awesome. And he's got something to say about it. That's coming up. Whether it's number one or 100, take that step with Jesus today. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. We're tackling a whole week on Dilemmas Boom Crew. And, you know, this is tough to talk about. But if you never talk about it, we can never see recovery in these areas that we're facing in our culture, in our homes, in our lives. And manhood is one thing that we're suffering from today in a big way. We've got a special guest with us who's got a real interest in this. He's married. He's got three daughters. It's Junior Ziegler. He's also a teaching pastor. He's written The Manual, A Practical Guide to Manhood. I guess I worded that wrong, Junior. We're not suffering from manhood. We're suffering from a lack of understanding what biblical manhood is. Is that a problem we're facing, Junior? Absolutely. I mean, like you said, we're facing this dilemma of living in this confused and frustrated world and the family units deteriorating. And I don't mean to sound doom and gloom, but we have not, we haven't hit a point of no return. Like if we can clarify what manhood is, call men to step up, raise families. You know, if, if I can raise my daughters to know what to look for in a man, we can celebrate true courageous manhood and raise the bar in manhood. I think that terrifies those who are pushing agendas right now. Amen. We fear, hear a lot the term toxic masculinity, uh, this sort of macho, um, I have to be in control kind of masculinity that has uh, drawn the ire of many. What do you think about the term? We'll start there. What do you think about that term? <laughs> I think it's an oxymoron because true manhood is just not toxic. Mm. I think lack of manhood or lack of masculinity is, is really what toxic masculinity is. It's just not masculinity at all. Manhood's gotten a bad rap, Junior, and here's the weird thing. Whenever we talk about it here, Allie, you know this to be true. Whenever I go on a riff on chivalry isn't dead, guess what? The women go crazy. 
<laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, they're it's like, true. come on. Real, women, especially Godward women, they want men to be men, Junior. What do you say to that? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, in fact, since I've written this book, the manual, I've had more women reach out just saying, hey, thank you. I, I understand the boys in my classroom a little bit better. I understand the sons that I'm raising just uh, just a little bit, little bit better. I've, it's been really cool. Just the response that I've gotten from women after writing this book that women are saying, yes, let's go. Let's do this. What is this practical guide? What are you introducing that men need to hear? We've lost, as a society, the definition of provision. And it's interesting, in First Timothy 5.8, Paul writes that if a man does not provide for his household, he's worse off than an unbeliever, yep. which is a really harsh verse. Harsh. And today we read that and we think, oh, okay, so like I got to provide money then, you know, bread on the table. But that's just a piece of the pie. Paul's not just telling guys to pay child support. The bar is far higher. A man is to provide vision for the home. In fact, research shows that a man gets a dopamine kick from casting vision, that God created man to do that. Men are to provide discipline and, and culture. But we've reduced the word provision to just mean financial, and we've lost what manhood is in that reduction. Coming up here in just a moment, we're going to break it down. I know you're listening, Boom Crew, going, now, who's this guy and where's he been? Junior Ziegler, he is a lead teaching pastor at the Bridge Community Church in Des Plaines and other campuses. And I, I got to tell you, Boom Crew, let me put a stamp of approval on this guy. This guy lives what he's preaching big time. So coming up, Junior Ziegler, more from his brand new book, The Manual, A Practical Guide to Manhood. And we're going to give you a link where you can grab a copy as well. Hang on. New to the show? Stick around for a while. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. All right, Junior, you cut it loose, man. You gave us kind of an overview of biblical manhood and why provision is so important. What are some of the subplots of real biblical manhood? Well, first off, real biblical manhood starts with leading yourself. I think Scripture speaks to that so often, that men are to first lead themselves. Nobody's going to follow your leadership if you can't, first off, lead yourself. And so we dive into what does it look like for your body to be a, a temple and leading yourself physically, leading yourself mentally. Men are uh, statistically the worst at reading books, which is, <laughs> I guess, kind of an error on my part. I wrote a book to a gender that doesn't read much. <laughs> <laughs> but we need to, and there's a lot that's to be right. gained from it. Absolutely. And so really that's where biblical manhood starts is let's first lead ourselves. Let's, let's be intellectual monsters. Let's lead ourselves physically before we look around and expect to lead anybody else. You know, Junior, we think about the many people who grew up without a dad uh, for any number of reasons. There was not a, a positive male figure that they can look to. Uh, what do you say to men who feel like, I gave it my best shot, I didn't know any better? And, and that's tough when there's, when there's a lot of regret. I mean, thankfully, we have, we have Jesus Christ, our big brother, who we get to look to. Uh, first off, he's the one who led the way, really, in what true manhood looks like and and how to follow, you know, in the footsteps of being a, a true man. But also Jesus went to the cross. And so uh, we have, you know, we look back on, on our lives and a lot of regret as far as I wish I did things differently as, as being a man or, or raising men. But the cross means that uh, we, we get to do over and we get to start. We get to start fresh today. Speaking of fresh, what's the fresh thing God's doing in your life, Junior? I've been so blessed. I have three daughters in my house and a wife, and um, God's just been teaching me lately that being a man is so important for having a home full of women and a wife and three daughters and them looking to uh, my leadership and really, you know, just having confidence. I, I read an article uh, a couple weeks ago that girls being raised by men, they're far more confident when the man of the house is is a confident man. And so God's just been teaching me what does it look like to lead graciously in mercy and in grace, but also in confidence. And that can be a tough tension sometimes, but it's beautiful when you find that rhythm. That's beautiful. Junior, I love you, man. I'm proud of you. This is a great work. And Boom Crew, I want you to get your hands on this. And men, I'm calling all men right now. This is a book to be read and to be lived out. And you can do it by the grace and power of God. Actually, the power of the Holy Spirit. You can live it out. It's called The Manual, A Practical Guide to Manhood. And we got a keyword for you right now. Just text the word manhood 
Put it all together, crunch it together. Manhood to 312 274 9624. Manhood to 312 274 9624. I really want you to do this, guys. I want you to grab a copy of this thing. I really do. This is a great read. Practical, biblical, sound, and I promise you, you'll get something out of it that will change your life. Text the word manhood to 312-274-9624. By the way, talk about a gift for your high schooler or your college student. No joking. This is great. This is dynamite. Listen when you like with the Carlin Cruz Showcast. Just text SHOW to 312-274-9624. Okay, talking dilemmas all week. Today's dilemma is fatherlessness slash manhood issues. Got some stats here that are tough to hear, man. The percentage of minors in prison who grow up without a father is 85%. Texas Department of Corrections came out with that stat. These are crazy stats. This is from Psychology Today. Teenage repeat offender arsonist is 90% more likely to be from an absent father household. Now, you might even hear that arsonist thing, something like that. Mm -hmm. I knew one pyro guy in my life. And guess what? He didn't have a dad in his home. Yeah. I knew one guy that was a pyromaniac and just loved to blow up and torch anything going and he did not have a dad in his life to tell him no he didn't have him Mm -hmm. the stats go on and on we could do this all day long it's heartbreaking recidivism rate (sighs) a child without a child if a child if a child has a father at home they are 40 percent less likely to repeat grade school wow National Center for Education Statistics. This one's heartbreaking. Some of these just absolutely, I mean, it's heartbreaking. 71, this is from National Center for Education Statistics. 71% of all high school dropouts are from a fatherless household. 71%. So there's lots of single moms listening here yep. right now who are extremely discouraged by these statistics. It's, it's And you don't have to be. And I'm glad you did that. I was going to do it in 30 seconds or less because we don't want to leave single moms hanging here right now. Here is the truth. There was a study done out of Oklahoma City that proved by way of a mentoring program with the police force there in Oklahoma City that if you invest, find a man to invest in your your boys, one hour a week. They don't have to look like your boy. They don't have to come from an area like your boy. They don't have to speak your boy's language. Very few do these days because boy's language is weird language, (laughs) as Allie well knows. Yes. All they got to do is love that boy. Ah, I'm going to get emotional thinking about this. Should loving the Lord be a, uh, a requirement? Oh, I w- there's no one who can really show the love of Christ than someone who's been first loved by Jesus. Okay. But I will say this. Can God use a lost man to help influence a boy positively? Statistics say yes. Mm-hmm. But if, I'm a, if I was a single mom, I'd coach you up this way. This is what I'd say. If you're a single mom, walk up to your pastor next Sunday And say to him, could you help me find a mentor for my son? Someone who can spend an hour a week with my boy. Could you help me find him? I'll bet you my bottom buck your pastor will bend over backwards to do it. It's amazing how little influence. You know, all that tells me is, There's a little sponge inside a boy's soul that can only be saturated with the love of a father figure. That little sponge. Yeah. And if that sponge is dry, it will be saturated with a gang or a model for manhood that you don't want in that kid's life. Yeah. Full stop. 
I'm going to say this as a disclaimer, too. It's easy to sit back in certain areas of Chicagoland and go, yeah, those gangs, man. And I know I've mapped them out. I've got a map somewhere that shows every block around Corey Brooks's church in a pretty wide proximity. We mapped them out. Did you know that every block is owned by a gang, either the GDs or the BDs? And here's what you need to know. Those those gangs are formed because in lieu of a father figure, they will find a pack to run with, sometimes to stay alive. For protection? Yeah. For a sense of belonging? Belonging. But you get a man involved in a boy's life, look out. So what we find in 1 Corinthians 16, verse uh, 13, this is very interesting passage because Paul makes a quick shift. In fact, let me back up. Now concerning our brother Apollos, remember if you've read 1 Corinthians before, you know that <laughs> Apollos, he was an eloquent dude. And Paul even opened by saying, now I know some of you say I follow Apollos and some Cephas and some say Paul, but we preach Christ and him crucified, right? So here we go. He says, now concerning our brother Apollos, I strongly urged him to visit you with uh, to visit you with the other brothers. But it was not all at his will to come now. But it was not at all his will to come now. He will come when he has an opportunity. So there's a shift here. He's talking to the men. So he's speaking just to the men in Corinth. Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act. Like men, be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. You know what's funny about men, Allie? We, we're sound bites. What do you mean? That verse right there, we can go, all right, I'm going to be watchful. I'm going to stand firm. I'm going to act like a man. All we need is someone to coach us around those two verses, and we can go miles. We don't need 350 pages on how to be a man. We just need a soundbite and someone to show us how to walk the thing out. It's amazing what can happen. And you know what, you single moms, I want to come back to you. My, does my heart go out to you? Oh, it does. Because you, you know, you live it. But you go find a mentor for your boy. Go find him. Go find him. Go hunt him down. And your son is going to be blessed in a big way. Okay, so you've heard of ladies' night. Those never did end well for me before I was a Christ follower. But sometimes it's good to have a focus on the ladies, and we've got a question for you right now, ladies, and Allie's going to interact with you. I'm going to stay in here, but I'm going to bow out. Allie's going to interact with you alone. Here's the question, ladies. What would you say are the most important attributes of a good man? Call in on this one. Ladies only. What would you say are the most important attributes of a good man? 312-274-9624. Nine phone lines available, ladies. Let's fill them up. 312-274-9624. Your shot of hope to make it through the day. It's Carl and Crew Mornings. Woo! Anyone else glad for this? The tomb is empty. Our God is alive and he's moving today. absolutely. Let's get in, Liz. She wants to answer your question here. Liz, right. thanks for calling in from Chicago. What would you say are the most important attributes of a good man? No pressure, but you get the final word on this today, sister. Gee, help, God help me. Okay. Um, I, I, today I realized it's, it's submission to authority. It's submission to authority because I recognize in my own self that my father being neglectful caused me to be in rebellion to authority in general mm. and then ultimately to God. And I have, you know, that the Bible says that the sin of rebellion is as divination to yeah. God. And I didn't get that until I realized that the oppression I feel is directly related to that. That's that powerful. Insight. I have, it's amazing because I was like, I, I didn't make the connection, but it's it's not honoring your father and mother because for whatever reason maybe they were not honorable, and you rebel against them. But to God, they're opening the door to His enemy, which is the rebellion of God's authority. Yeah. And if He places authority above you and you rebel against that, guess what you're doing? You're agreeing with the enemy that, that God's authority is 
is not something you should submit to. Yeah, Liz from Chicago. Good word. A lot of insight there. Good humility. Word. Back to humility and submission. Love it. Who are you in submission to today? Think about that. Let's make sure it's God first and foremost. Really? All the rest, they come in second. All of them. All of them. Hey, this is Carl with Carl and Crew, and I'm so grateful that you listened to this showcast. Thank you mostly for being part of the Boom Crew. As we help you take your next step with Jesus, you're a huge encouragement to us. We'll be here again live every weekday morning from 5 to 9 a.m. Godspeed.